0: To eternal glory is the title of this devotion. And Peter says this in 1 Peter chapter 5. I really believe that today's devotion is very key and important to what so many of us are going through. I don't know about you, but Virginia and I, we've been tried and tried and tried and have seen how God has sharpened our vision for the eternal glory, for the real value of what life is worth living for on this earth. You know, sometimes you can grow weary and go, why make the effort? Why should I fight life through, you know? Brother Osteen, He's in heaven now, he went to be with Jesus in 1999, but he was a real pastor and a father in the spirit to Virginia and me. And, uh, and we had the privilege to know him personally and his wife Dodie uh, from 1983, I think it was. And, uh, and he used to say something, many things I remember that he shared, but one thing that I wanna share with you today is he, he, he used to say, it's one thing To stand by the starry stream and dream a dream in one's youth. But it's another thing to fight life through and be able to say in the end, the dream is true. That statement stuck with me. Because you see, God wants to give you a dream, so to speak, a vision of his eternal glory. Not just as a mental picture or like a movie or a picture in a book or something you read somewhere, but no, as a revelation in your innermost being that you are predestined to eternal glory, that you have been called. The Bible says in Romans 8 those whom He predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son, He also called. What does it mean, predestined? He says in Genesis 1:26, let us make man in our image. He created them male and female and blessed them. Genesis 1:26, let us make man. Then it says a little bit later in chapter 2 of Genesis, and he formed from the dust of man, formed him. So you could see God spoke it and, and, and he predestined it. And then he did it. And so whom he predestined to be like Jesus, that' you and me, human beings, he also called. All man is called. God, it says in First Timothy chapter one, does not want any man to go lost, but he wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth that there is but one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And we've all been predestined. Before God made anything to be like Jesus. And here whom he predestined to be like his son, he also called. Whom we called, he justified. Whom he justified, he also glorified. So what shall we say of these things? If God be for us, who could be against us? God is for you. He's for you. And he's predestined you to his glory. So we get this vision in us of his glory. But then we have to fight life through we have to in this life go through different choices and those choices can be quite strong and challenging and then it needs to wake up in you what am I really living for what is the purpose of my life what is the value of what I am really meant to be and meant to do and meant to bring into this world and this is what I want to talk to you about today What motivates you? What what compels you? Why do you make the choices you do? Uh, Give me an example, Pastor. When Virginia and I, many years ago, went through horrendous trials in our marriage to the point where it seemed, okay, it's over. It's over. It's finished. You know, there's nothing left. Everything that we have... In common that we share in enjoyment of life is all destroyed, and and it looks like it's over, and you have no more hope, no more faith, nothing. Everything is destroyed. Why stay together? Why not do what so many do and just say goodbye? Because we knew that we knew that it was God's will to be together, and what God has began, He will complete, and what He has given, He will perfect. And what he has started, he will finish. Oh, how wonderful. I'm so grateful that we said, Father, we believe that what you began with us, you can perfect it even though we have made a mess of it. And God has, we're the best of friends. We're in love with each other. We enjoy being together. We, We together enjoy our kids and grandkids and working together in the church, and the ministry and loving people. I mean, we're just, we're just so excited. Well, my goodness, have we been tried? So listen to the scripture here. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 10. May the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after you have suffered a while, perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. Oh hallelujah. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So as you go through the testings of life, God is perfecting you. Perfecting perfect means this is perfect and this must become like this because this is perfect. So Christ is perfectly God and we become like him by him in us and us in him. And we become like him. So as you go through, it's like in marriage, you know. And, and, and we had our challenges, I mentioned a moment ago. For me, the focus was, I know the answer. I know what's the answer that I need to do. I need to love Virginia, Ephesians 5, verse 25 through 27, like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So I knew I need to learn to love her with his love. John 15 verse nine, as the father loved me, I've loved you, abide in my love. This is my commandment that you love as I love. And that I know I need to learn to love her with his love. My love is failing. My love is wanting, needy, selfish. My love is complaining and my love has silly ideas. I need to know Christ's love, God's love in me for her. I know the answer, you see. And then I kept praying and yielding to him and he worked it in me by his Holy Spirit. This is, and I know I'm using marriage as an example, but it can be at your job, it can be towards your children, it can be towards your neighbors, it can be towards any area of life. After, after you have suffered, he will perfect, yes, establish Established means you're no longer back and forth, back and forth, like the waves of the sea. Oh, I love you. Yeah, oh, I'm so excited. Oh, I'm done, I'm finished. And some people, they live this way. Okay, I have hope. Okay, it's gonna get better. Okay, I can't stand you. No. No, God doesn't want you to be like the waves of the sea. Ephesians 4 talks about that in verse 14 and 15. No, he wants you to be established in Christ steady and stable so we had a phenomenal good day we're all happy we have a really challenging day i stay happy and positive positive. and you look at me and you say well, how can you be so positive when it's like this oh i know the lord he is my strength he is my shield the lord he makes things better and it's so true the clouds can be raging like you're going to be in the dark forever. The next morning, the sun is shining. And that's what it means to be established. One scripture that really helped establish me in certain areas of my emotions was Psalm 91 verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And and, and I love it in the Amplified, but really how that reads to me is you've drawn me. By your merciful grace and resurrection life into your presence and now through your sufficiency, almighty. Sufficiency, you make me stable in your presence. You make me steady in your presence, in your sufficiency. I'm stable, I'm steady. So if things don't go the way I would love or like or want, I stay steady because you're sufficient for me. You see, that's what it means to be established, strengthened, Two more. Strengthen. You see, we in our human nature are weak. And when the Apostle Paul suffered with demonic attack, reminding him how how human he was, and cried out to the Lord about that attack, the Lord says, no, Paul, that's not the answer for me to remove the attack. What's the answer is for you to realize that my grace is sufficient, that in your weakness, my strength is made manifest. And Paul learned to become stable in the strength that God supplies through His Son, Jesus Christ, in us. I'm talking to you about call to eternal glory that we live in this calling because of what God gives us through Jesus Christ. And people say, what motivates you to be committed, dedicated, separate? It's the glory of our Savior. I know what I'm predestined to, and that's what He's already working in me. That's what He's already perfecting in me. That's what He's already establishing in me, and that's what He's strengthening me with. And lastly, it's where I'm settled. I'm settled. No, I'm not going to, because, you know, many times people are unsettled because life is unsettling. People are unsettling. One moment they are so calm and sweet and friendly, the next moment they could bite you. I'm not, not meaning to be unkind to others per saying, but it can be like that. They didn't bite you in their opinion, but they said something that came along, came as a little pierce to you. And if you're not settled, then you keep moving with all of that. No, you stay steady, settled. Now I'm settled. I know where I stand. I know where I'm standing. You know the Lord really helped Virginia and I with this in 1998, when there at the, towards the end of February our dear daughter Gabriella passed away. And even though we mourned in the sense of missing her sweet presence, we had this settledness about us. We'd looked at each other and we say, "God loves us. God loves us." You see, the things that God has given you to settle you are sufficient to keep you. Don't look at what you don't have. Look at what you do have in Christ. Look at what you have. You have the love of the Father. God demonstrating His own love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Romans 5, verse 8. And you settled. No, I know my Father loves me. I know my Father loves me. Yeah, but why did He die? I don't understand. I don't know. I can't answer your questions. I don't ask that question myself because it's not the answer I'm looking for. What answer are you looking for? My father loves me and that I have. I had that answer. And you're settled. You're walking in the favor and the love of your father. You're walking in the glory that He has predestined you to in heaven and that He now begins to manifest in you by the Spirit and then you begin to understand these statements. Listen to this statement. You begin to understand this. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Again, Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Okay, another one. 2 Corinthians 4. Okay. He says, for we, in verse 7, have this treasure. We have it in an earthen vessel in this human body so that the excellence of the power may be of God and not ourselves. Verse 10, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may also be manifest in our body, that the life of Jesus, verse 11, also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Right? So we have this treasure of the glory that's set before us In this earthen vessel, knowing it's not of ourselves, it's of God. That's how I want it. That's how I'm excited to have it. That what I have, I know is not of myself, this is of God. And he says, therefore, verse 16. Therefore, since we have this treasure, since we have the glory, yes, the glory that we're called to, this eternal glory in this earthen vessel, therefore we do not lose heart even though our outward man is perishing, even though this body is dying. Listen, for some people, when they get an ache or a pain, they start thinking, maybe God's not happy with me. Don't ever do that. Don't do it in Jesus' name. Don't, no. Or if you somebody passes away through illness, they think, oh, I wonder what they did wrong, that they died young. No, don't think those thoughts. Don't believe those ways. I have never such thoughts. Why? I'm not built on sinking sand, on the emotions of this life. No, I'm built on the rock of ages. Jesus Christ cleft for me. Oh, my Savior God, He is the surety of my salvation and He never changes. He is the same yesterday, today and forever. Oh, my friends, I base my faith not on my human flesh. The flesh is like the grass that withers away and its beauty is like the flower that fades. But the word of the Lord Jesus Christ endures forever. Oh, my goodness. Don't base your faith on God's favor on the beauties of this life. Base it on Christ alone and your faith will never fail. So while the outward man is perishing, the inward man, it's being renewed. Oh, read it again. Therefore, we don't lose heart. Therefore, we don't give up our faith when the outward man is perishing. And because the inward man is being renewed there day by day. For our light affliction in this life is but for a moment. Is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which can be seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. Can you hear me? Come on. We're called to eternal glory, which motivates us. That we don't just look at the things that are temporary. It doesn't mean that we are indifferent about it. No, we're appreciative. We're thankful. You know... A little while ago, just a few days ago, I woke up in the night with incredible pain in my neck. So I tried to move around and try to go back to sleep, but it just, and when I got up, I mean, it was unbearable, like screaming kind of pain. And a disc in my neck had come out and the nerves were being compressed. And and if you looked at my head, it, it stood next. Stood more one way than the other way. It wasn't synchronized, my head with my neck. And, uh, and oh, I prayed, I prayed, Jesus, Jesus. Oh, I was in such pain. I prayed and prayed, Jesus, Jesus. Then the night before, just recently, my daughter, Mariah, she was visiting us. And we were sitting next to each other, Mariah and I on the sofa, and Virginia was on the other place. Uh, right there and, and we're talking and Mariah was so tender. And I said, Oh sweetie, just pray for dad. I'm in such pain in my neck. <laughs> and she began to cry and cry and pray for me. And Jesus healed me on the spot. He healed me. And I, I just love to see the treasure and the earthen vessel. Oh how oh, I love to see it, not just in Mariah and my sons and daughter in laws and my grandchildren, but I love to see it in you. Oh it is the greatest, greatest joy and while maybe the outward man has his issues. Don't look at those things. Don't let them bother you. Don't let it cause you ever question to God's love for you look at the eternal glory you call to that he now manifests in you by the spirit and you will not be weary about these challenges in the flesh you'll not be weary about it you say oh father you've made me partaker of your eternal glory you renew me and would daily I thank you for it and I guarantee the power of God will come through your flesh and sort out those things as well just like he did for me amen have a good day